Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Richard, let's start with Easter. How difficult was it for this coaching staff to fend off Dow Loggins in South Carolina? You know, I, I think with Shamar, that relationship was very strong. Uh, but I, I never got the sense that uh, that he was uh, leaning towards going to to South Carolina, I think Coach Pittman kind of hit on it uh, yesterday that uh, he felt like that Shamar always wanted to be at Arkansas. Uh, with the coaching change, he just had to get uh, to, to know Morgan Turner, and uh, Morgan made a statement, obviously, the, the first day that he was uh, on the job. He visited uh, uh, Shamar and the other other two uh, commitments uh, at the tight end position, so and then, you know, when Shamar said that he would, uh, you know, he made the official visit to South Carolina in December, and then he said afterwards he would visit Arkansas January the 15th and sign on, you know, the 1st. Uh, that, that that was a very mature way of going about the process. Uh, I was really impressed with Shamar doing that. Uh, he didn't make a, a quick decision, and and uh, kind of thought it out, and, and and I think Arkansas was always where he wanted to be. Richard, you brought up the on-campus aspect of recruiting. I know Coach Pittman was asked about that yesterday. COVID's not completely behind us. I know there's still cases, but there's not really any limitations anymore. What did you notice about his answer when it came to now being fully able to get guys on campus and see them in camps? Yeah, I mean, that that is that's – I mean that. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, obviously he, he knows better than anybody about the, the process of being able to interact with uh, kids and seeing them uh, in person, and then obviously seeing seeing them work out at uh, camps. Uh, 
it's huge. I, I mean, I don't. You cannot. Uh, I can. I cannot imagine if if you had three or four years of uh, COVID situations where yeah. you had to recruit and not, uh, you know, have kids on campus, have kids uh, in camps. Uh, those those in person meetings and 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 just how they, uh, you know, you, you really get to see how coaches are. You know, if you're a kid and, and you interact with them and the same for coaches with kids and their parents and you can pick up some red flags, uh, during the process. I mean, it, it, it happens all the time. Uh, body language, uh, or, uh, just how they interact with other people uh, when they're visiting your campus. Uh, there, there, you know, there can be some things that uh, kind of turn you off. And you, you reevaluate whether you want that kid to be a part of your program. And then when you see them in camp, do, when, when things aren't going well, do, how, do they fight back? And do they, you know, do they have that competitive spirit or do they kind of, do they, or do, or do they kind of lay down? Uh, those, all those things go into, to the evaluation of a, of a young man. And, uh, and, all, and also, you know, the, the, the family too. I mean, you can get some red flags from from the parents. You know that the the, the kids uh, obviously the, the environment that he's being raised in, and, and they, it could, you know obviously influence how he acts uh, once he gets on campus. So there, there's a there's a lot of uh, truth to what uh, Coach Fitman was saying. Yeah, I, I thought it was really interesting as he kind of laid out. Hey, our accuracy on on a recruit goes way up when we do these, this, this, and this, starting with trips to the high school. But then he, I thought it was a little more detailed with, Hey, we need to get them here. Like you were talking about with the camps and let's see if they can do these certain agilities and drills and athletic drills that we're going to find out if they've got the goods. And, uh, that's as you've just laid out part of the process that's missed. And, um, you know, they're there. And I don't think it's exclusive to Arkansas. I think there's been, you know, other places, Richard, that's obviously missed on some kids, and that's where the portal can help correct those wrongs. No, there, there's absolutely no doubt about that. Uh, you know, I, I I can't imagine recruiting and not being able to see a kid face-to-face and their parents, and, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's – it's just like any business meeting or any any kind of a relationship, you know. When you you're dealing with uh, trying to buy a car, can you imagine doing that over a over 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 a Zoom or something like that, and just being able to just see the car from a Zoom? And, That's what they want you and, to do now, and, though. You know, car what is that Carvana? Yeah. You know, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, that's the world. It, why would you do that? Your, your points are dead on. Why would you make a decision of that? In, um, magnitude importance why would the kid want to commit to a school without going through the evaluation of the school i mean there's we got to get back to the kind of the old the new ways aren't always the best ways richard yeah well the zooms the, the zooms and the facetimes uh, do do well until you get you know that that that's a, a good way to try to get the kid to the campus now and uh that's it's that's a first day of the process <laughs> right right but uh, but obviously you want to get kids on campus, and Arkansas has done an excellent job of getting kids on on campus multiple times, and that's usually what leads to commitments. Uh, most of the guys that visit uh, that signed this past year uh, for the twenty three class uh, visited Arkansas multiple times. You so you kind of have a better idea what are you what you're getting out of out of the young man, just you know, from a character standpoint. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, 
you know, you, you, you also being able to go out and during the spring evaluation period and being able to see him work out at the school or being able to see him play in, in games in, in the fall. Uh, so it is, I just, I just can't imagine going through the recruiting process and not being able to see kids face to face. I know it's going to be a fun weekend for Sam Pittman. He'll be in Hot Springs, from what I understand. He's going to be at the Arkansas High School Football Coaches Clinic and handicapping event. Anyone going knows what that means. But uh, they're going to have a big weekend. Coach Pittman's there. They got other speakers, and Trent Dilfer, I think, is there on Saturday to speak to the coaches. Yeah, yeah, it's always a big deal for the, uh, the Arkansas coaches, especially, you know, with so many uh, new new faces on the staff now, it's a good way for them to uh, interact with the high school coaches around the state and, and the region. There's there's uh, uh, usually coaches from uh, from Texas, Louisiana, I mean, uh, all, all around the surrounding states uh, visiting uh, for that clinic, too. It's really grown to where I think this is going to be the third consecutive year where they've had uh, they'll have more than 1,000 uh, coaches on, uh, from from the region and mostly from the state of Arkansas, but to the surrounding states too. So it's a good way for the high school coaches and, and the uh, Arkansas staff to continue to build those relationships. And they're also going to do something that uh, they haven't done uh, in a while, probably since uh, Coach Bieland, uh, Coach Bieland's staff, where they, they the assistant coaches after Coach Pittman uh, talks. That they'll, uh, they'll hold, uh, 30, 30 to four, uh, 30 minute to an hour type, type, uh, breakout session with coaches and kind of go over what, what they, their philosophy of coaching is and some of the things that, that they, they teach and the high school coaches can kind of, you know, kind of banner with them and, and ask questions. And, uh, so that, I think that's going to be a good deal for, uh, for the high school coaches and the staff that are. Richard, let's stay on Arkansas high school football for a sec. You only got three guys in state of high school. One was a transfer in Criswell. Is that down relative to how many in-state guys they usually bring in every year? Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, you know, I, I did a did a, a column uh, recently about uh, the numbers, and uh, it's usually right around five, six guys that that uh, a number of guys that they offer each year in state and usually that's 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 the number that they usually come up with you know far as signees around five or six but obviously have years where like they did in 2022 where they had they had 10 signees from the state and uh, right now uh, the 24 class they have eight guys that have scholarship offers from Arkansas and that number could obviously go up through uh, you know from from now to, to December sign-in period so uh this the 24 class is above above uh normal far as the number of guys it's just a cycle sometimes you you'll have a below normal year and then other years you you'll have some uh stronger years and the 25 class looks like a strong class too so the next two classes will be probably above normal and uh, you'll see a higher uh, number of kids signing with arkansas Richard, what's an area that you think that Arkansas hasn't necessarily taken advantage of uh, per se? And it doesn't have to barely necessarily be in cl- state in close. I know Tulsa, Dallas, St. Louis are kind of the big, and Kansas City, the big metroplexes. But what's an area with this new staff you feel like that they should be able to, to get more kids out of? Well, you're seeing it, uh, especially with the number of offers. Uh, they're really hitting Mississippi a lot because of uh, – that's where Deke Adams Adams is from. Uh, Coach Woodson is from, 
And uh, the number of offers that I've seen uh, to the state of Mississippi uh, have, have gone up drastically just in, uh, just just with those two coaches on staff. Uh, and then I think uh, Louisiana, uh, they, they've, uh, they, since really since uh, Michael Smith left, uh, you know, the staff, uh, Arkansas hasn't really hit Louisiana's maybe as hard as you, you would like to see them hit because Louisiana's always been pretty good uh, to Arkansas. So uh, I think with uh, Coach Wilson is, uh, you know, being being a New Orleans native, I think that's going to help him down in uh, down in Louisiana. But uh, I think those are two areas where I think uh, you're probably going to see more guys. Maybe, you know, Mississippi usually, if it's not if they don't go to the uh, go to Ole Miss or Mississippi State, usually usually a top tier kid, it's it's LSU or Alabama. Well, Arkansas is going to try to break that trend. So I think you're probably going to see more kids out of those two states uh, going forward. What's the importance of getting the number one recruit in your state? I know in years past, Arkansas has not gotten that. Guys have gone to either A&M or other places. Just the value of Shamar as the number one consensus guy signing with Arkansas. Well, it sends sends a message, uh, you know, and it's it's kind of like in basketball. The number one guy in the state of Arkansas signs – it, it kind of sends a message to the in-state guys that, uh, you know, because uh, all the in-state guys know one another uh, for the most part. And uh, when when the number one guy goes uh, to, to the University of Arkansas, you know, it kind of creates, uh, you know, a little bit of a buzz and, and a little bit more, mo- maybe more momentum uh, for kids to take a, you know, a look at Arkansas maybe a little harder than maybe what they were. Who knows? What's the schedule look like coming up? It all gets confusing. I know that we're six weeks or so from the start of spring football, but uh, what's the recruiting calendar looking like? And then when does that that late portal period open up before the end of spring semester and after spring football? Well, we're in the middle of the dead period right now. Started the the 30th of January. It goes to February the 28th, and then it opens back up. You'll start having uh, visits uh in, in March, especially around uh, uh, spring practice, and then uh, uh, the the uh, the portal opens back up uh, May first through the fifteenth. Uh, but uh, obviously, there's still kids in the in, in the portal now that had, haven't uh, found a place to to go uh, as of right now. So uh, you know, you're, you're probably still evaluating those guys, but you're definitely looking forward to. Uh, you know, if you're Arkansas and all the other schools, you're looking towards that uh, May 1 uh, through the 15th. What ends up happening to those guys that just never get selected out of the portal? Well, yeah, that, that's that's the that's the danger of it. Uh, a lot of them, you know, you know, I, I know one one particular young man was wanting to 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 stay at a, at, at a high D one level, and 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 his options weren't there, and 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 he was. Uh, he was somewhat discouraged at having to go to a lower level D one school, but uh, that's 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 where you got to know your self worth and, and and know your your value. And uh, and a lot of guys, if they if they don't uh, go down, uh, they may not have a place a landing spot, uh, and it happens every year. Uh, so uh, you know, it, you you just. It, you just have to be careful and know your worth. And I think sometimes uh, kids are 
tiptoed by uh, you know mm-hmm. people that are around them that uh, they're a little little more worth and uh, their their value is a little higher than what it what it actually is and uh, you know, that's where you got to be careful about uh, the the crazy uncles and stuff. Got to listen to the right people, Richard. Uh, be safe out there, and we'll talk to you next Thursday. Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore, he's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479-531-2785, 531-2785, online at teague-law.com. The Teague Law Firm, if they can't help you, they'll talk baseball. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Guess we can ask Tom Murphy about that as he joins us now. Whole Hawk Sports, Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Tom, we will ask you some Enos, Woodson, Wilson, and Pittman questions. But what is your favorite streaming service app? <laughs> uh, that was an interesting conversation you guys are having. Um, and our family is going to have to have the big Netflix talk because I'm not sure when these changes <laughs> yeah. kick in. You're going to have to have a powwow, huh? Yeah, we will. But I watched a cool one last night. It's the Christian Bale movie that has the Edgar Allan Poe um, deal in it um, on Netflix, Pale Blue Eye. But we have Amazon Prime and Netflix, and I don't know, maybe a few others, but we we stick to those two most. I am the worst about scrolling through 500 shows. If the picture's no good, I don't watch it, right? I mean, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but I'll scroll through 500 shows. I ain't nothing worth watching. <laughs> you know, there's probably... There's probably you know, a hundred gems in there I passed over and I don't know, I, I judge the book by its cover too much when trying to find something new to watch on streaming services. I hear you, man. My wife and I have been on a kick of a lot of the Brit shows. And so I've watched, well, we have watched like Shetland together and, um, I'm drawing a blank on some of them, but you know, Vera and, um, Tudors, that one, which one? You know, Tudors. You watching that one? The cra- no, is, is the crown the original of all of that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think my uh, wife watched that one solo. Uh, but yeah, I I enjoy going through Amazon. I watched all the Boss shows; those those were good set in L.A. Yeah, yeah I started way back with House of Cards, and then Ozark, and I, I need to get back to uh, to Ozark. And I've never watched the last season or whatever what, that released eight months ago or a year ago, whatever it was. Now I need to go back and watch all the old ones to know what I'm yeah, talking about. It's difficult sometimes. Yeah. Uh, well, Tom, let's jump into some football. Uh, I know you were asking Sam Pittman and a couple other guys some of the questions yesterday. Uh, I wonder, for, from your vantage point, as we get closer to spring ball, what do you think are some of the biggest storylines heading into spring? Well, I'll tell you what. All the years I've been covering this team, we've never had this much 
turnover in terms of players and coaches. And also there's going to be an amazing number of stories out there, like how will the new receiving core work? I mean, you've got some guys who are, are taller. I mean, last year the taller guys, they, they, they worked out for them. Um, and, but thinner guys and guys who are coming from lower ranked schools. But Sam Pittman was asked that, are you concerned they're going to not assimilate into the SEC? And his thought was, well, no, the talent is there and they had all these other SEC offers. So it's going to be really cool to see these dudes fit in. Um, they've got to replenish at DB. As we know, they lost so many of those. So, um, the, the Baylor guys and, um, these other, the rest of these other transfers and all, and which of the freshmen, like, will Jalen Lewis be able to give you some playing time and all? And what will Quincy McAdoo, uh, do? Cause apparently Snacks Johnson's a corner where you got McLaughlin and Johnson and then, you know, Mac- McAdoo would be another corner and then you got, you still have Chavis. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I can't think of a position on this team and not feel like it's going to be a very compelling deal, really outside of cornerback, quarterback. And receiver, which, you know, was where they come in, I, I guess, quote, the most loaded. So, um, I don't know. I, I think it's just going to be a fascinating team to watch and to see what the new schemes look like. So I think the most interesting thing to me to watch is how do they spend those last nine scholarships? He mentioned someone else that can snap the ball. How many, and then the, the assistant coaches were, uh, the, the defensive guys were asking about more corners and safeties. How they mm-hmm. how they distribute those nine remaining scholarships, what they do in the portal, uh, to me that's maybe more interesting than what actually happens in spring practice. Yeah, because you know they they really scored in the portal last year. I mean, there's no no disputing that the guys they got through the portal were all like players, and they need. I think they need to get a few more. Um, you know where they're going to fit in. You know he mentioned a, a bigger guy on the D line. Uh, was John Morgan and um, Trey John Jeffcoat? Is, is that enough to supplement the guys you have coming back, the Zach Williamses and the Torian Carters and Cam Balls and so on? Well, I, I think you're starting to see the makings of a bigger, you know, more talented roster. Um, Arkansas is not going to have the number of pass rushing freaks that a lot of the other SEC schools have. So you got to maximize. That's why it hurt to lose Jordan Dominic. Um, but, um, you know, the linebackers, we, you know, we, we saw some good work out of Pooh Paul in that bowl game. Like, uh, like he's going to be a player. Well, you know, is, is Jordan Crook going to be a player? Will they get any more linebackers? Um, how much is Greer going to help him at linebacker? I, I mean, there, there's an endless number of storylines mm-hmm. for this team. One other storyline I was thinking about this morning that we haven't discussed a lot is, I guess Jimmy Smith is the only full-time assistant that remains from the original staff. Um, what does that say about Sam Pittman and where he's at going into to year four and, and the, the complete staff overhaul he now has after replacing both coordinators? Right. Well, I mean, some of it was guys, you know, from the first year, they, they weren't getting it done in recruiting. And then and then this year, you have guys who, who took jobs who moved up. Barry Odom into the head coaching ranks, so I thought he'd land at a bigger school to start with. Uh, Dow Loggins, who wants to be an offensive coordinator. Those make sense. Kendall Bryles, you know, maybe his time had just run out here. So um, I think you're right. I mean, Jimmy Smith has been absolutely one of the top recruiters, if not the top recruiter on the team. 
the running back room is the one that has stayed together the absolute best along, you know, with KJ. But what he's done with that running back room and to keep guys like AJ Green and all who, and I, I think, I think these kids probably sense it that if you're not going to be a 12 or 1300 yard back, um, it's good to split them up. Well, now Rocket did that this la- last year, but can Dubinian and AJ Green and, and, um, Augusta come in and, um, and pull more of that load off a of rocket. That, that's going to be interesting to see. And Dominic Johnson, I know, is trying to rehab that yeah. ACL injury, and then Rashad Dominion as well. So that's a loaded room, which I know Coach Pittman and Jimmy Smith are ha- happy about. We're talking with Tom Murphy here this morning. Tom, you kind of alluded to the, the pieces they still needed to add. Nine scholarships remaining for this roster. I would guess that Sam Pittman and company, once that next transfer portal cycle rolls around, are going to be – what's the one position that you feel like, man, you got to add some guy? Yeah, safeties, just because the numbers are, they have about nine corners and they have like six safeties. So they got to add some safety. And I always think you need to add more D linemen if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and as he said, someone who can snap the ball, I think they like to have about five or six guys who can snap it. Um, and of course, they lost Stromberg. And um, I think they lost one other guy who can snap the ball. Oh, Luke Jones, Luke Jones can snap yeah. it. Yeah, so um, a guy who can snap the ball, um, and, you know. Like electricity, uh, you take it for granted until it doesn't work anymore, you know. You just take for granted that right. sna- the snap's going to get back there properly. That's right, man. And then, I mean, not to draw a parallel, but when you see what happened with the 49ers um, in the playoffs, when they lose, they've already lost two quarterbacks, and then they lose two more, and then one of them is injured. I mean, that's not going to really happen on the college level, but I think I think coaches can draw, like, comparisons to, to that. Like, okay, we got to make sure we have five guys who can snap the ball when we go into a game. Or, you know, we got to have enough depth at receiver. And you saw how Arkansas was tested. And then, uh, and that's another good question for this team. You got the, you got the incoming transfer talent, but how much is Isaiah Satania going to improve? And Jaden Wilson and Bryce Stevens, because, you know, you trust those guys. So you want them to get better and also stay in the mix. Like the Snacks Johnson edition. I know not Lorando's is his first name, but I think that's going to be one of the more talked about names this upcoming say nicknames for that B. Tom, I want to ask about just kind of the staff and the what seems to be Pittman going younger than what he has had in years past, and uh, especially in, in Darren Wilson, who not really even a decade ago was playing college ball or about that. Uh, is that something we're going to see not just at, here at Arkansas and staff changes, but – across the board in college football and in the importance of recruiting? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's absolutely the case. And, I mean, we're, you know, honestly, this staff stayed together a little bit more than it seems to me the national trend. I mean, guys are just moving, moving, moving. Uh, but to me, uh, the, the constant thread with who he hires is whether they can recruit. And that's what he talked about. In fact, I asked the question about they looked younger on defense. And I, he got a kick out of that, and made you know made a little joke about. Have you seen Marcus Woodson? Yeah. Well, he he's like forty one, maybe forty two. So he's he and Deke are the oldest guys, but it's a recruiting thing, and um, you, you know they're going to have to get on um, you know their their plans for what their defense is going to look like between now and the start of spring ball. Now that signing day is over, and so uh, I don't know. I I, I sense that there's going to be good synergy between Williams, Woodson, 
uh, Wilson and Deke Adams on defense, and that they're going to recruit well on that side of the ball. And and, and you look at you look at that staff, and I think it's noteworthy for Arkansas, and and we're in the South. I mean, you have a, a defensive staff that's made up of of five young professionals, but also five um, African American, five minority coaches, which that's I think unique and um, something that I think will get written about and talked about as as football kind of cycles back to the headlines. Tom, I, I think it will, an all defense for sure. And then you got Kenny Guyton too, so mm-hmm. there's actually six six full time assistants. And that's a big deal, and I, and and I do think that's a recruiting um, uh, feather for Sam Pittman and, and the staff, and um, you know we'll see how that plays out. But uh, I think they're going to make Arkansas a good destination school, and um, you know some things have to fall into place. I think their portal guys have got to be as productive um, as you know John Ridgeway and, and Trey Williams from two years ago. And then the huge number of guys they had from last year, they've got to be productive. So I think they got to get some productive safeties out of the portal, um, you know, like they got from Brini and um, and whomever else they had on the, you know, like, you know, Nudie mm-hmm. McGlosser played a big role. So um, I don't know. I think Sam Pittman understands that the modern game is it's changing fast, and you've got to be prepared to handle that with uh, nimble assistant coaches, and, and I think he's he's pulled the trigger to make that happen. All right, before you go, uh, real quick, how do you describe this basketball game that Arkansas will play Saturday at South Carolina? One of the one of the bottom teams in the SEC, Arkansas, trying to get to five and five. What's your thoughts on Saturday's game, Arkansas and South Carolina? Yeah, my first thought was this: everybody has won there, and not only have they won, they won like in double figures. I mean, Mississippi State did it the other night. So now it feels like if you don't do that, then you haven't kept up with the Joneses. So they need to get their first road win, is what they need to do. And honestly, they're playing better. Um, you think about the Baylor game. I, I complained about the calls the other day. I just thought it was uneven. Um, and then the Missouri game before that. Um, was a game they could have, would have, should have won. And when you lead, lead by 10 points with however much time was left. So they lost two of the last five, but they are, they could be, they're very close to having a five game winning streak right now. So I think they're getting it close to getting solved. I think, um, Mikhail Mitchell's shot blocking the other night was a, was a revelation. I think he's going to continue to help with interior defense. Um, and they seem to have more of a comfortable half court offense right now. So things are looking up. Nick Smith might be back before long, and if he does, yeah, you have to make one more transition, but I think it's the one that's going to take you down the home stretch. I just hope they come out of the gates fast, guys, on Saturday. Seriously. At, at the under 12, I hope you have that double digitally. I know that's every game you hope to be, <laughs> but I think this is the game where you want to eliminate any hope that South Carolina is going to hang around uh, early in this ballgame. Extinguish hope early on the road. I think that's, uh, I would love to see that. I don't know that it'll play out that way, Tom, but if Arkansas can yeah. get off to a fast start and uh, really start to, to create some more self-doubt for South Carolina, that would be a, a great start for the Hogs on Saturday. No, it's, it's huge for them, and, and that's the thing. With South Carolina, if you can get way up on them, I don't think they can mount the kind of comeback. You know, LSU had a little bit of a comeback at Missouri last night. Um, Ole Miss had a pretty good second half before Arkansas stepped on the gas again. Uh, but, you, but I think with South Carolina, if you can get up by uh, double figures, uh, perhaps they you know, might go away a little easier. All right. Tom, good stuff. We'll talk with you uh, on Tuesday 
uh, after a, a, a great sports weekend. Get ready for, I guess, an Arkansas-Kentucky game. Yeah, that's right, man. Works for me. All right, Tom, have a good weekend. Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat, is at Whole Hog Sports with us every Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah, what you don't want to ever do, and, and I, I don't want to say it's cliche, but you don't want to play down to the competition. This South Carolina game, even if you go win by one, yes, it's a win, but this is a game you ought to go over and, you know, this thing should be put to bed, hopefully, early to, to mid-second half. They're horrible. They well, they're, are, they're, they're, they're they're Their net ranking is 290. You have no business losing this game on Absolutely. Saturday. This team sucks. They just do. Don't blow this game, guys. 0-5 on the road, you should be 1-5 after Saturday. And I know Coach Speak, oh, we got to treat this team. Yes, there's G.G. Jackson, who's number one. One of the best players coming out. This team's not any good. They have a lot. They haven't won a, road, a home game in the SEC all year. Don't be the first, like Chuck was saying yesterday. Yeah. Just be as blunt as you have to be. This team is trash. Go beat them on Saturday. Well, don't beat yourself. That, that's really you know, how do teams that are superior? And I don't know how much superior Arkansas is. They're trying to get to 500 in the league, but Arkansas is a better team than South Carolina. Clearly, how do you lose games like this? Generally, self-inflicted mistakes. I mean, you can't. Arkansas's got to get a handle on the turnovers. I mean, if you're going to give a team a chance to hang around, it's because you're giving them extra possessions and usually breakaway baskets. So that's the first area that you got to fix is take care of the ball. Yeah. That's on A.B. and Devo. Devo makes these crazy off-the-wall passes sometimes they just don't need to. A.B. makes freshman mistakes. They're the second worst team in all of the conference in turnovers. You got to figure that out at some point. If you want to make an NCAA tournament actual run or run to the tournament, got to shore that up. Introducing Your Choice Tuesday at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one 50% off on our traditional wings on Tuesdays. Then the best thing about Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings is buy one, get one free on our boneless wings. Both offers are now available for dining and carryout. Some exclusions apply. Visit your Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Fort Smith, and in Jonesboro. Buffalo Wild Wings. Roar! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. In this game, the great thing about this game is it's, it's constantly evolving and you can either adapt and evolve with it or you'll find yourself on the outside looking in at times. So through my career, I've always tried to at least try to stay on the cutting edge of what people were doing and learning new things. But I think some of the experiences that I've had going to different places and learning the different things, uh, the RPO world has kind of brought on a whole new realm of the game that we didn't do a lot of. Clay, I know that some things in North Ar- Northwest Arkansas have changed since Dan Enos was last here, but a lot of his bearings are going to be relatively familiar when he has walked into Fayetteville. He knows how to get to Little Rock, where there's some quarterbacks. He, he, he'll feel comfortable jumping in the car and you know, going to watch one of these quarterbacks practice or whatever you know, in recruiting. Um, I 
this is what kind of strikes me in the whole deal. And the good coaches, they're not married to a play, a offense, or a system. They're they have a vast playbook, and they're able to take chapters of it, if you will, to mesh with a quarterback when they fit. And I'll give you an example. I did a, a deal a couple of weeks ago with Kevin Scanlon. It'll be coming out for Hogs Plus, and I was talking about the offense. And I just assumed that you know he ran a lot of veer stuff and and you know rollout stuff. I remember it. I covered it, but I married that to what Lou Holtz you know, did as a coach, you know, throughout his career. And Kevin is like, no, no, we, we, uh, Lou went into another section of his playback playbook because I was a drop back quarterback and we ran drop back. And it was completely different than what Cal Cagney had been running. Um, and that's what Danny, Dan Enos is, you know, to this point is a guy that looks out there and he sees he's got a generational talent that does X. Well, he takes the X part of the playbook, and that, that's what they—that's what they run, and that's what the good ones do. Um, I really like Dan Enos, and we probably know Dan better than we knew Kendall Browles, just because of the access that Brett Bielema allowed versus the access that Sam Pittman allows. You know, we didn't—we didn't see Kendall Browles after every game, uh, but Dan Enos would talk. Uh, I believe there were there was a period where it was uh, on Sunday nights that we got the coordinators and assistant coaches, and then it then it was just the coordinators on on Monday as part of their contract. And I, I don't think that uh, Sam puts that on on coordinators, so we may not see Dan a lot. But I liked him. He 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 fit in the community. He and his wife engaged with the community. You know, their kids were in sports. Uh, they were popular, uh, friendly. They, they. I think uh, this will be a good fit. Yeah. It, one of the things I, I wonder is they get ready for spring practice. Was it six or so weeks away? Mid March is when it will, uh, you know, will we'll get underway. How do you get an RPO quarterback really ready? Not that KJ needs to get ready, but the, get everybody on the same page, talking the same language, understanding the same reads. When you're not going to let your quarterback get hit. There's so much of that that, you know, is that split-second decision on reading that in and seeing what happens. And in the RPO stuff, I just always wonder what the level of challenge, Clay, in practicing that because you're protecting your quarterback. There's some of that, but it's the same for everybody, Tommy, and it's not, not going to change. Uh, with concussions and other issues, uh, you know, they're so valuable. You're just not going to hit them. And um, the – the really the, the the huge value is that KJ has started for for two years and he's you know broken Kevin Scanlon's uh, broke Felipe Franks and Kevin Scanlon's completion record. He's an accurate passer. Uh, there's a lot of things that yeah they're going to miss by not being able to practice it, but it's all going to come back so quickly. And there's so many things that. They don't have to teach him. They don't have to, uh, you know, he, he's the leader of the offense. There, there's just so much value in what you have with KJ that other schools don't have that you're ahead. And, uh, I don't think that's the worry. The the worry is exactly what they're going to call things, uh, how they're going to call it. 
you know, what are they going to, you know, what are the signals that Dan likes as far as sending from the sideline? Because KJ was in something for three years. You know, he was the backup. He he was involved in all things and the signaling process and understanding what, you know, it's the, it's the stuff that they'll have to kind of figure out on the fly is how Dan signals stuff to him at the line of scrimmage and how that's going to work. Yeah. That'll there, be a little different. There may be as much KJ teaching Dan some of the offenses. Dan Eno's teaching KJ. Could so, be, you're right. I mean, just because of the experience, like you said, but it, it, he does have you know high completion percentage, but I think we'd all agree there's still a lot that you hope Dan Eno's can elevate about KJ's passing game because to make him a complete quarterback and maybe not just someone that can get drafted, make a roster, but maybe make an impact in the NFL, the passing game is where he's got a ways to go. You always, if you're a coach, you take from others. If you're a player, you take from different coaches and you blend it together. And I know that during a time when Arkansas was changing pitching coaches, you know, there was a, you know, a period where they went from Dave Jorn to Wes Johnson to Matt Hobbs, and it was fairly quickly. Didn't, you know, it didn't take long. And, you know, you talk to somebody like, uh, uh, you know, Blaine Knight, who's, you know, he's, he's taken some stuff that he learned from Jorn and he's, he's adding some stuff that he learned from, from Wes Johnson. And the good players don't get hung up on that they just lost their coach. They embrace that they have a new one. And I, I think KJ will, he'll probably learn some things and some ways to, to help his mechanical aspect of his, of his footwork and his release. You don't reinvent the wheel with him, but you might fine-tune it and give him some things that help him uh, as he heads to the NFL because that's where he's going. And just as Jalen Hurts wasn't a prototypical you know, drop-back passer for the NFL game, he made it, and he's in the Super Bowl, and K.J. is that kind of a talent. We, we all recognize that he is – a generational talent. I think what Tommy's kind of pointing to and what I've said is, I mean, Brandon was a decent, Brandon Allen was a decent quarterback in 2014, had good numbers, 20 and 5, but then he had 30 and 8 in 2015, first year in Reno's. He was a top three quarterback in the Southeastern Conference along with Dak Prescott and Chad Kelly. KJ was not that last year. He was top six. I think what Arkansas fans are hoping for is this next jump under Dan Enos, like B.A. had in 2015. That explosion, not that he hadn't been good the past two years, but I'm talking where he is, no question, a top three quarterback in this league. Yeah, let's let's just be honest. That's not the problem at Arkansas. The problem at Arkansas isn't offense. They have, they have been pretty good when they've had their quarterback healthy. They can score on anybody. He can make plays on anybody. The real... The real issue is can they get enough defensive players and can these new coaches change the equation of what Arkansas football is? Can they stop people? Because you, you can't, you can't win a championship trying to outscore everybody each week. You can't, you can't be thinking we're going to go play like we did at Brigham Young and we're going to outscore them and hope we get one stop. So I was paying more attention to what you know, the defensive coaches were about and wondering, can they recruit 
some you know generational talent. You got the quarterback, you got the offensive coordinator, you got most of the parts on offense. I really like the wide receivers, big, tall, fast wide receivers that are coming, you know, that are you know, that they found in the portal. They they did their job with that and they've I think seventeen defensive newcomers coming. You know, that's the you know, that's the all of that to me is more fascinating because I think that Dan Enos is a known quantity. I think they're going to be good on offense. I don't think there'll be any problems there. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, the only thing that could, you know, the, in, let's also be honest, what Dan Enos has got to do this fall, this spring and this fall is get two more quarterbacks ready, not, not KJ. He's got to get Singleton and Criswell ready. You're only as good as that backup, and we saw that last year. Yeah, so I don't right. worry about KJ. How will he be able to communicate with those two guys and bring them along so that if something happens to KJ and or they're going to be the quarterback the next year. But it's the backup quarterback and the defense to me. I'll be interested just offensively if they come out of spring looking for another wide receiver or grabbing one quickly out of the portal. Um, Do they feel good about the guys that, yeah, they had other SEC offers and and high power five offers, but do they feel like they've got what they need with the wide receivers that that they'll have this year? That's that will be a, another thing I'll be looking at is do they grab a wide receiver after spring practice? Tommy, if there's a difference maker, yeah, they'll grab him. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's, to me, an easy question. It just depends on whether they can convince him that he can walk in and, and be a starter. And that, that's the other part of it is that you can't have enough. You can't have enough. Uh, you know, I, I, I talked to someone yesterday that – they were talking about the Baylor transfers, and they were going to try one of them at, at corner. They thought, well, they'll, they'll try them both at safety. Well, gosh, you can't have enough corners. And, you know, an extra corner plays nickel, right? So, you know, whether it's, you know, McAdoo moving there or, or uh, Nudie moving to, to nickel, and this guy, you know, from Baylor plays corner, I, though, these are – these are sweet problems, you know, to, to suddenly have a little depth. And I don't think you end up ever having depth at Arkansas. I mean, it's just, it just, there's not enough. When you get two or three hurt, you're you're out. So, uh, yeah, just keep just keep adding those great wide receivers if you have a chance. Well, we, we, I think we'd agree. There's a lot of unknown about that particular no question. group. I mean, and 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 maybe they love what they see, you know, over the 15 practices, and they're and they're comfortable, yeah. but. You know, I think they going have, and grabbing someone will give you an indicator of what they think. Yeah, they they have a lot better idea of what they have than we do. <laughs> we, we we don't know, and that's probably what you're you're thinking. You know, the, the they they have a good feeling with these wide receivers. The the you know Texas A and M Commerce and Hillsdale, and I, I don't know all their names. You know, I've got a list here in front of me. Um, but it, it's uh, it doesn't matter the names. I, I got to see them, and the uh, I think they'll be all right in that area. And I, I also think that some of the ones that didn't play a lot last year, like Satinia and Wilson, mm-hmm. uh, these guys are going to they're they they're really going to be challenged to to for because it's their their time. They they think they're the ones. Uh, but you just got to have more than than that. And I think on the the subject of the wide receivers, the question I always have is when you bring in height 
Can you get separation away? I know, and you mentioned Tesla, and then uh, you've got Broden from Bowling Green, and the other kid from A and M Commerce. But yep. Those are it's a lot different playing the Southeastern okay. Conference. And yeah, what, and I get what you're saying. Did you watch the the Cincinnati wide receiver uh, score his first touchdown? The Cincinnati. Are you talking about? Against Arkansas? No, Cincinnati. I'm talking about the the about playoff the game. Playoff game the other day. Yeah, against the Chiefs. Did that guy have separation? No. The wide the defensive back was right in his grill. Oh, you're talking about. But that guy Higgins. was six five, six six, and that defensive back was six foot, and he just reached up, and well, there wasn't anything you could do about it. And you had I, a quarterback that could throw. There it was nine. no separation, yeah. Yeah. none. Well, I I think KJ can throw that pass. That you know that that. You know, that deep pass, he puts it right on the money. So that's why they want the six four, six five. And there doesn't have to be that much separation with those guys because if they're even, they're winning. One of the things Pittman said yesterday, he feels like some of those guys that don't have the same uh what's the word, amenities at other colleges like Hillsdale, Commerce, and Bowling Green. You don't get the same treatment there as you do at the U of A. And that, yeah, the perks and that motivates. Yeah, he's talking about books. Yeah. Hey, coach, you going to buy me books? books. Not even that's, a question here. That's uh, that's a little motivating on that. But I, I am excited. I think it was is it March 9th, Clay. You mentioned about six weeks. I believe week. it is. I think that's what Coach said yesterday. Well, I, know, I know there's going to be a lot of attention. on there'll the, be a week off for spring break. Yeah, on the basketball team. You talked with Hobbs recently for Hogs Plus, and I know baseball team gets yeah, going. Yeah, that's free today. Yeah. So if anybody wants to watch it, yeah. Hogs Plus, that's free. I we like free, don't we? Yeah, I love it. Hey, I want to come back to one more football thing from yesterday because this piqued my interest, and I know you've got thoughts on it. When he talked about maybe missing on some evaluations because of COVID and not having kids on campus for camps in the summer and 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 getting back to actually seeing and evaluating athletic drills and, and agilities and things they put you through and, and really the whole process. He talked about how accurate they can be when we do this, this, and this. We go to their campus. We meet with their family. We have them here multiple times. We put them through drills. Um, Clay, I thought that was an interesting, you know, I don't know if it's a peek behind the curtain, but just the reality is he was more or less admitting, hey, there's been a few kids we've missed on because the process wasn't complete. Yeah, you're never 100%. I mean, I, I just point to your operation. I mean, you got tie. I mean, sometimes you're just not 100%, Tommy. I mean, you you know, you you do all the interviewing. They and can't all be you, Clay. Huh? <laughs> they can't all be you. I know, yeah. I know. I'm just joking. And I'm I'm. It is the evaluation part is 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 uh, without question the toughest part. And there's pressure when the coaches sit in those meeting rooms and one coach argues for another player. That's when it's really, really good because he knows what he's got and he's begging for him. I would imagine during COVID, they're all sitting there going, man, we don't know. What are we taking? <laughs> we just like, I haven't been in a home. I don't know whether, you know, if he's been disciplined right. If, you know, I can remember, I don't know which coach it was. It might have been Bielema that told me that he was, uh, he was, uh, or might have been Houston Nutt, that he was in a home and a player talked back to his mother. And uh, he said, we finished up that meeting, and we got out of there. And when we got in the car, you know, we just we called back and told him, uh, you know, administrative assistant, take that name off the board. There was just not any more discussion. Mm-hmm. So you you got to see all that stuff. You got to know what they are in in you know, what their makeup is. And there there's some times when you're in those visits or you walk into that high school 
and you go by the counselor's office and he shakes his head or he won't talk about the kid because he didn't want to say anything bad about him, but he didn't say anything good either, and you cross that guy off the list. I remember uh, Sam Pittman saying that he walked into the high school to check out uh, Frank Ragnow, and every step he took, someone, whether it be a 10th grader, you know, a history teacher, a uh, custodian came up to him. You're here to get Frank Ragnow? You're getting the best one we've ever had. Well, gosh, that, you know, that makes a difference in your evaluation. Reassuring, reaffirming of, uh, of what you're after. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. So Jerry Jones said that Mike McCarthy is going to be calling plays in 2023. He's also said that the Cowboys are committed to drafting the quarterback. He wishes that he would have drafted one every year years ago. And while watching the Senior Bowl practices, said Max Duggan out of TCU stood out. Not too far in Fort Worth from Arlington where the Dallas Cowboys play in AT&T Stadium. Guys, do you think the Cowboys drafts a quarterback high this year in the draft? Well, I think if he says that Max Dugan, Dugan stood out, it probably means he's not going to draft him. Because <laughs> it seems like the that NFL brass, when they really like somebody, they don't mention them. They don't want to, to point somebody else and have them pick pick them just before it's their turn. They they'll they they give they give the good ones the silent treatment, like like Detroit never never gave any hint they were going to draft. Frank Ragnow. They just don't do that with their first round pick. They they vet them, but they don't talk about them. So I I feel sure that's not who they're going to draft. It's just like that's my gut. So can you spend a draft pick every year on a quarterback? Well, you can, but it can be a fourth or a fifth rounder. I mean, when did Tom Brady go? I mean, yeah, there's quarterbacks available. Uh, you always want to bring him into camp. I, I get that, and you just got to have a backup you know, all the time. You just have to, and you know, like uh, if you're not going to play him, you know, you you know, a fourth or a fifth rounder is a lot cheaper to carry, you know, in your practice squad than it is, you know, maybe one of those others. And I don't understand all the money about yeah. the NFL, but I think something to that. I, I just feel like you're. Neg- and I understand it's all about quarterback anymore, but but you're neglecting some other area of your team by, particularly if you're on a year where you've traded off a pick or two and you're short. I mean, 
Are you going to be missing a pass rusher or missing yeah, a corner? And, and because you, you you made that that choice, you can always generally find somebody that can get you through, you know, through free agency. Yeah, you, you're right. But you mentioned exactly why you might take a quarterback is because you've got some value when somebody else needs one, mm-hmm. so you can trade trade those guys in in the summer. Well, if Tom Brady, did you see Tom Brady's resume by chance? That if he didn't play quarterback, he was going to, if it didn't work out in the National Football League, what he was going to end up trying to just look for a job like every other average Joe out there. Apparently, he worked at Merrill Lynch and some golf courses growing up in like an internship or whatever, which I was kind of surprised by. Yeah, his, his, uh, one of his best buddies is the owner of, uh, the, the general manager at, uh, Seminole Golf Club. Okay. I kind of have a feeling that's where he'll end up. <laughs> Down in Florida. <laughs> that is near not a bad place to hang out. Yeah. Isn't it near Tallahassee? Yeah, it's yeah. A, it is a wonderful, wonderful course. Yeah, it's, I mean, if you wanted to draw a comparison, I guess Seminole would be comparable to Elotion. It's very exclusive, okay. very hard to get on. In fact, they had, was it the Western Amateur? Or one of those events, maybe one of the, the, the uh, no, it's the Stevens Cup. It was the Stevens Cup. The Stevens Cup, Cup yeah. was there, and it was also at Elotion the year prior, so. Yeah, so I think that's the kind of stuff that, I mean, you know, Tom's not going to be the bag boy or anything like that there, but uh, he he will be a special assistant for the club club president or club owner and uh, do those sorts of things. And uh, you can play golf a lot of the year there too. So yeah. I think he's going to he, – he doesn't need any money. I mean, surely he's got plenty. And I, well, you know, he can like make more just being him. Fox thing, yeah, yeah I mean, just being him. I don't know like, that he'll. Will he announce? Chuck's brought this up. You know, it seems far fetched to me. Can he be comfortable enough in his own skin and put enough of his real feelings out there and say what he really thinks? And all he's been very guarded about every word. He's you know he learned it from Belichick. I guess I don't know. The way he's conducted himself as a, an athlete will not work as an announcer. I'm not saying he can't change. But I'm not sure he's comfortable enough doing that that he'll follow through with it. Montana didn't do it. Bill Walsh couldn't do it. And that they tried, but they struggled. So the question is, can he get comfortable enough really saying what he thinks to, uh, to be an effective analyst on TV? And does he, does he need the money enough to work that hard at something? Because no. there is work. He can wake up in the morning and make seven-figure money just being Tom Brady. Yeah, and, and putting skip his all name that on travel things. stuff. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what what the future holds for him. I'm I'm kind of with Chuck. I think uh, the likelihood of a full time lengthy TV career is I think minimal. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.